Hey everybody, and welcome to Podcast 60! I'm going to talk about language and culture a little bit, and then, I don't know what, I'll think of something later. Enjoy the show! I'm going in after him! It's So I have been playing Mass Effect 3 multiplayer online a bit. I typically play pretty early, I guess. I play Pacific Time and I do early afternoon. And even though school is now officially out for the summer, I still find myself playing a significantly high number of games that are not based in the US or have at least some players that are not US players. I think it was two days ago I played with some people that sounded like they were Russian. And today, just before coming to do this recording, I played with some people who were French. And while Mass Effect 3 isn't really super tactical, it is tactical enough that you kind of have to know what you're doing if you're going to play higher level games, which we were playing silver games in both cases, which is sort of the medium hard setting. But if you're new to the game, playing on silver, you'll you'll get destroyed because you just don't know the maps and you don't have good equipment and you don't know the tactics for, you know, the various classes. But in both cases, we actually did really good. And so this is one of those times that I find myself reflecting on the fact that, you know, gaming is one of those things that has sort of a, a universal understanding to it. The classes all have particular play styles and how they, you know, fight and how they work within the group. And this is something that transcends culture and ethnicity, I guess you could say. Because in both cases, the reason we did well was because, you know, the people on both sides knew, um, you know, what their roles were and how to play their person. And by both sides, I mean, you know, not U.S. people and U.S. people. Because I, I have no idea who the people are who are being quiet. You know, they could be from anywhere. I don't know. So I think it's pretty cool and interesting to find that people from... Russia and France and wherever other people are playing from. I think I played with some Middle Eastern people once. But it's pretty cool to find that people, you know, who are gamers who are playing the same game from different countries will think in similar terms and, you know, still perform relatively the same in terms of their roles. And also, you know, there's still personality types you can tell like, oh, this person likes a group because they're hanging out closer to other people. Oh, this person's more of a soloer. They're going off and, you know, doing things by themselves. Or this person likes to be super helpful because they're always, you know, helping people when they fall down. And I think it's pretty cool to see that these, I suppose you could say, gamer personalities, you know, cover a much broader spectrum than, you know, your own country because they seem to apply to, you know, all the people in the different countries who I've played with. People seem to be, you know, good or bad based on themselves more than, you know, where they were in terms of the country or world. And I think that's pretty cool. A long 
time ago, I was playing a game called Final Fantasy XI Online. It's an MMOG, and it was primarily launched in the US and Japan. Japan first. It had been out there quite a while before it came to America. But once upon a time, I was playing, and I had some pretty hardcore hours, so I was on a lot when, I guess, you know, US players were not quite always around. There was, you know, lower population count for them. And once I had been invited to a group with Japanese people. And the reason why this stuck out in my mind is because Final Fantasy XI had a chat system where it was, the language was specific to where you were, but it was generic sayings. So you pick from a menu and you go like, hello, and it, it shows up as hello on your text. But, you know, to these Japanese people, it showed up in, you know, Japanese characters and was, you know, their form of hello. And I thought it was really interesting because their partying and social style was very different than what happens in America. I think I've talked about before in America how you typically join a group and then people just leave without saying goodbye or they'll play and they won't ever say a word to each other. But this struck me as a very interesting group because we spent probably 15 minutes to a half an hour getting ready before we even moved towards the dungeon. Now most American players would not be able to handle that. They'd, they'd go nuts and like leave. But for these guys it was, you know, very standard. Somebody would come into the group and they would bow and the other people would bow to them and they would say hi and they would, they would talk for a little bit. And then after we finally got everybody together, they talked about tactics for a while, how they wanted to fight, where they wanted to go. At least that's that's what I assume they were talking about because they were talking for quite a while. And they were doing, you know, just regular chat. So I had no idea what they were saying. They weren't using the interface chat. They did a few times to um ask me, you know, how I fought or, you know, if I knew how to use these special moves. I think they were called chains back in the day when the game was still around. What they were were they were special moves where each class had a few different kind of opening moves and then other classes could do a move that added to it. And I think there were typically about three moves or four moves before this like super special thing happened. And again, that was something that American players really weren't using back in the day. This was quite some time ago. I don't know how a system would go over now. But the Japanese people were doing it like every round on every monster with every possible attack they could. Whereas American players were just like, Bleh! and they like, you know, try to smash the monster in the face and go all crazy. And they didn't, they didn't have any kind of coordination or you know, tactical planning with, you know, various classes. They just picked whoever. Do we have a healer? Do we have a tank? Okay, let's go. You know, the Japanese people were very different. They were very methodical. They were very planning. They were very strategic. And although the group actually didn't stay together that long, you know, socially putting the group together, talking, probably took longer than we actually played for. It was actually very interesting, and I got more experience in the time that I played than I would have gotten with an American group because they were taking their time and they were, you know, playing the system as it was meant to be played. And they were being very careful that everybody did the right thing at the right time. So I think that was also very cool to remember because, you know, it's a different culture. They didn't know each other, obviously. I don't, th I don't think they knew each other. And they obviously couldn't speak to me because, you know, outside of that generic chat that's like, hello, I'm attacking or whatever, you know, they, they couldn't talk to me. So it was, again, very interesting to see that even without being able to speak to each other, even being from different cultures, you know, because we played the game and we understood how the game mechanics were supposed to work and how our various classes work together, 
we had a good group and a good time. Am I a man or am I a Muppet? I'm a Muppet, and I'm a very manly Muppet. Very manly Muppet. Am I a Muppet? Muppet. Or am I a man? Am I a man? If I'm a man, that makes me a Muppet of a man. A Muppet of a man. Mood is also something to think about when gaming. I was playing online just a little bit ago, and I did really good in my first few games. But then with the later games, I just started getting, you know, not as much in terms of score. We still finished the rounds and everything was fine, but it's like, why am I getting so much lower score? Why are these guys getting so much higher score than me? And it wasn't that they were higher, you know, knowledge level as far as their accounts showed, because it shows, you know, levels which shows, you know, basically how much knowledge the player has on that account. You know, you never know how much they have total. And their equipment wasn't really any better. So I was like, why am I not getting as many points as I normally would, you know, with people of these level and equipment loadouts? And the only thing I could figure out was that as the day went on, and I only played a few hours, but as my playtime went on, I think I just got kind of more and more sad that I wasn't playing with my friends. They're still out of town, and so I'm still playing with, you know, strangers and random groups. And while fun, and we did everything okay, you know, we didn't have too terrible of a time, I was getting more sad that, you know, I wasn't playing with my friends. So I think that mood is very important to pay attention to. And I know that not a lot of people can tell what their mood is, and probably even less can tell, you know, why their mood is in terms of what games they are playing or what they are doing. But I think it's kind of important in the same sense as appetite. You kind of need to pay attention to what your body wants and why it wants it. Like earlier today, I was in the store getting food for coming to work. And there was a little tiny single serving cake. It's two fifty, so it's kind of expensive. So that's usually why I pass on it. And it was really hot outside, so I didn't know if it would survive the trip. It's only, you know, 10 or 15 minutes to work. But being a dairy product, if it goes, it's kind of really extra bad for my system. So I didn't want to risk it. But I think more than anything, my body wanted it not for something, you know, in the nutrition as it were, but because when I'm sad, I tend to like get little treats for myself to sort of cheer myself up. And so I think because I was getting sad during gaming, I think that might be why my body said, you know, maybe I should get a little cake. I'm fine. You know, I don't I don't need the little cake. It would have been nice, but you know, I have plenty of food, but I think it's very important to just Kind of pay attention to what your mood is, you know, and if you can, why, you know, you have that mood and what kind of impact the game that you want to play will have on that mood. Gaming can certainly help you, you know, get a happier mood or change your mood in some way that is, you know, positive if you're feeling sad or down. But some games can affect you in a neutral way or they can actually make you more sad depending on, you know, what kind of game it is and what kind of mood you have. Like if it's a game maybe say you're not very good at, but you enjoy playing it. You know, if you're in a sad mood and you start to play it and, you know, the people you're playing or, you know, the AI you're playing continually beats you, you know, that might make you even more sad than before. And like I've talked about in previous podcasts and I think a little bit in this podcast, 
you know, I miss my friends. I miss playing the games that are better with friends when I'm playing, you know, alone without them. So I'm looking at some games that, you know, I could play by myself without friends that, you know, might make me happy or I might enjoy playing. And I think that's just something important that you might want to keep track of if you can. Because I, I know a lot of us who are gamers don't have a lot of friends. And so, you know, we might be feeling lonely much of the time. And so we might play games, you know, alone or with people online to try and, you know, feel a little less alone or a little less sad. And I think it's kind of important to know, you know, which games affect you how, just so that, you know, if you are in that situation, you know, you don't wind up playing something that's not going to make you happier, you know, because then you might just get frustrated with the game and you might not like it anymore, even though, you know, it's a, a game you normally enjoy. Or, you know, you might play something that makes you, you know, more sad and then you'd be, you know, more sad than you were when you started. So if you can, you might want to pay attention to your mood. You know, don't go crazy over trying to figure it out. But, you know, maybe let it percolate in the back of your mind. And sometimes, you know, if you're playing and you said, you know, I had a really good time, maybe, you know, when you get a chance, figure out why you had a really good time. Or if you were kind of sad or, you know, you started off neutral and then you got, you know, sad or depressed or whatever. Maybe, you know, again, when you get a moment, try and figure out why that happened. And hopefully, maybe um, figure something out that, um, you know, leads you to a happier playtime. It's getting kind of hard to believe things are going to get better. I've been drowning too long to believe that the tide's going to turn. And I've been living too hard to believe things are going to get easier now. I'm still trying to shake off the pain from the lessons I've learned. So that's it for this podcast. Hopefully everybody had a good time. I know there's not much going on in my life to talk about right now. So hopefully, you know, everybody had a good time and there was something interesting in there for you. I'm still looking forward to picking up Magic the Gathering Duel of the Planeswalkers 2013 in a week. So maybe I'll have that to talk about next week. I'll probably have something to talk about about it because, you know, I ramble about so many things. I think my friends that I normally play with are due to come back next week sometime. So I may or may not get a chance to play with them, uh, you know, before the podcast goes out next time. So maybe, you know, I'll have something cool and fun to talk about with playing with my friends next time. I don't know. I guess we'll see. Again, there's really nothing I can think of that is coming out anytime soon that I am interested in keeping an eye on or, you know, letting people know about that is super important. I think the Secret World is getting very close to launching. I know they've got a beta weekend coming up this weekend, I think, and it, it might be launching soon. I remember it being sometime around now. I haven't really kept tabs on it because it does have, you know, that subscription model. So I don't want to be, you know, the only one of my friends playing it and paying 15 bucks a month, you know, for something that nobody else is going to play with me, you know, when it's designed for, you know, playing online with other people and or your friends. You know, as I mentioned, I'm not terribly interested in picking up games that are designed for, you know, groups of people and or friends when I really don't have that many people to play with, especially since they have, you know, expressed no interest in said game. So I would not pick it up. I honestly would probably give it a serious look if it didn't have that subscription model. 
I hear they have like a cash shop option in there already, ready to go at launch, as well as the normal subscription model. So that makes me wonder if they actually planned on dropping the subscription pretty quickly, because MMOGs today tend to launch with either one or the other. They don't typically have both. And a lot of the MMOGs that are in development are moving away from the traditional subscription, you know, 15 bucks a month model, and moving more towards, you know, something different, like, you know, a cash shop or some kind of, like, you know, VIP subscription where you subscribe and you get extra stuff, but the extra stuff doesn't really affect gameplay per se. So I don't know. It actually would not at all surprise me if they dropped the subscription pretty quickly. Certainly, don't quote me. That's just. Speculation on my part as to them being ready to do so by already having a cash shop. I am very interested in it because you know the skill system interests me. So I might have something to talk about when reviews come out. I might talk about it then based on what I see in reviews. I don't know. We'll see. I guess in me news, I am still feeling a bit sick. I don't know if I mentioned it before, but it's like the bronchitis has. Come back, I guess, or it's a different cold. I've been coughing on and off less in the past few days than I had. About a week ago on Saturday, I got really sick and I threw up a couple times. Not a whole lot, you know, just a little bit. But you know, I don't throw up hardly ever. I think it's been years since the last time I did, and before that, probably like you know five plus years. So for that to happen is really big deal for my. My body telling me something is wrong. Ever since then, I've noticed sort of like an ash or chalk feeling in my lungs, and that sort of makes me cough. And so I'm I'm worried about that, and that my lymph nodes in my neck are super swollen. So something is definitely going on. When I cough, though, a lot of yuck does come out. Like on my car window, I coughed, and I noticed there was some yuck there. And on my laptop monitor, I think once. Some yuck got on there, so it it could be the the taste that I have in my lungs is just a lot of congestion or whatever. So hopefully that will get better pretty quickly. I looked it up online, and the page that I found for bronchitis says it can last up to three months. So that wouldn't surprise me if that's what it is. Still, you know, the same bronchitis I had before. And it said really the best medicine is just resting and. Getting lots of fluid and you know good foods, which you know I can only do some of. So hopefully I'll be okay soon. I think next week, if I still feel really terrible, I'll probably try and make an appointment. I tried to make one at school, but I guess they don't consider me a student anymore because I was just taking that one class and had to cancel. So now I'm not a student anymore, so they won't see me. Plus, they said they were booked up for several weeks, so that that's no good either way. But since I broke my leg, you know, last year almost, it's been almost a year, like eight months. I had the the coverage for that for the regular hospital, so I can go to the regular hospital if I still feel really terrible. And it's twenty five bucks, so it's not it's not a huge deal. So I don't know. We'll see. I guess it might be Dad's Day this weekend or next weekend. So happy Dad's Day to Dad people. To say my dad and I are not close would be an understatement. We don't like. Dislike each other or anything, but it's just like we never really got along. He always wanted me to go into like a traditional field, as it were. And even when I did super good in high school or you know even earlier in grade school, 
in the, you know, not traditional stuff. He still wasn't terribly proud of that. You know, it's like he didn't care how good I did in art or, or like, you know, woodshop or whatever. He just saw that as, you know, messing around. So we never really saw eye to eye, as it were, on in terms of, you know, what I wanted to do with my life versus what he wanted to do with my life. And, you know, I, I forgive him because, you know, it's it's pretty obvious that, you know, if I would have gotten into a more traditional career, um, you know, maybe I wouldn't be in this terrible position. But then, too, you know, a lot of the jobs that were up and coming when I was growing up, you know, that would have been good for me. You know, maybe if he had supported me more or, you know, in some cases at all, you know, maybe I could be, you know, a, a super genius programmer or something in one of those, you know, non-traditional careers, as it were, when I was growing up. And, you know, who knows? I, I could be fine for that, too. So, uh, not close with my dad, but, you know, if, if it comes up that I see that, you know, dad's day or his birthday or something, you know, I'll send him a little card or whatever. But that's that's as far as we go. But anyways, uh, sad things. So, ignore the sad things. And, you know, say hey to your dad on uh, his birthday or dad's day. And, um... Hopefully you guys can have a good time. I guess that is it for this time. And I have no idea what I'll talk about next time. But hopefully people will have a good time. And I guess that's it. Okay, thanks, bye. So it's like, why are they doing, you know, so much better than, so it's like, why are they doing so, mm, mm. I think my friends that I normally play back are, mm. I'll just delete that. No one expects a Spanish Inquisition. You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbitsramblings.html. If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit.com. If you friend me, you can also post on Facebook at rabbit.com. You can follow me on Twitter and YouTube at rabbitdotcom. It's rabbit.com, but with not a period. When you type rabbit's ramblings, don't use the space, and be sure to put the number one in place of I whenever you type rabbit. Rabbit's ramblings is copyright 2012 and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license.